Welcome to Building Charleston, a podcast where we shine a bright light on the dynamic companies changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine, and as your host each week, I'll be bringing you the most interesting business owners in the Lowcountry. We'll explore how they got to where they are, what they're working on, and what their vision is for the future of Charleston. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused on Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, looking to open a new location, or opening the first location in the Charleston area, give Lane Commercial Real Estate a call at 843-508-3038 or go to the website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com. and welcome to the Building Charleston podcast. Good to be here. Today is May 5th, 2020. Same as all the other ones that we're doing as part of this five-part series. We're recording still from a garage in Mount Pleasant for a mix of fresh air quality. If you hear any interesting noise in the background, those are my boys. So it's going to be probably similar to one of the Zoom calls that you've heard in the past. Right now, you're listening to episode three in a five-part series. If you've listened to the first two episodes and you know how this goes. We have an episode on resources for for businesses. We have an episode on uh, what successful tenants are doing. We have an episode on strategies for businesses. We have an episode on how to properly open Charleston as we get going. And then we have today's topic, which is strategies for landlords. Today's guest is similar to yesterday. We're going to be hearing from Matt Peepoy from the McGrath Law Firm. We're also going to be listening to Adam Griffin from Lane Commercial Real Estate. Gentlemen, welcome back to uh, day two of your interviews. Thanks for having me, Matt. Glad to be back. Good to have you here. For those who didn't listen to our episode on business strategies for businesses during the COVID experience, why don't each of you just take a minute or two and tell us a little bit about yourself again? Yeah, thanks, Matt. So my name is Matt Pecoy, and I'm a lawyer at the McGrath Law Firm. We have two offices, one in Concord, New Hampshire, and one in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. We're a small law firm. We have a team of lawyers totaling, I believe, five between the two offices and various support teammates and staff. And I focus on business and commercial corporate law, Matt. And I handle kind of a unique a unique split between transactional work and litigation work. Practice itself has been here in Charleston for over 10 years, and the firm itself has been open for over 22 years. Okay. Adam, tell us about yourself. Adam Griffin, uh, originally from the Charlotte area. I've been practicing uh, commercial real estate for about seven years here in the Charleston area. Uh, I work with Lane Commercial, where we focus on uh, leasing, the helping tenants and landlords uh, lease and find space, along with the uh, acquisition and uh, uh, sale of property throughout the Tri-County area. We have a good time doing it, that's for sure. So if you listen to yesterday's uh, episode, then you know this is almost a, a kind of a counterpoint to to that one, commercial real estate and real estate in general is just such a big part of the Charleston ecosystem, the experience. And there's a lot of people own uh, real estate, both commercial and residential here, and, and it does affect their lives. So we thought we'd do a second episode on, on some of the strategies that those who own real estate in the Charleston area 
should employ, should be aware of. So I think we're just going to start off with just more of a uh, high-level anecdotal question. You know, gentlemen, what are you hearing from the people that you work with who own commercial real estate properties? Are they feeling the stress yet? Are they still feeling kind of you know good about where things are? We've had a you know a, a brisk run up in price. Everything was booming, and now we kind of like got this thing, right? This COVID thing that kind of like you know plopped on all of us and did a great job of ruining our lives. So, what are you hearing from property owners right now? What's what's kind of the mood out there? Matt, I'm hearing I'm not receiving rent. You know, most of my commercial landlords, they've either modified or lowered monthly rent obligations or they've abated them altogether and entered into forbearance agreements. Just as business owners, you know, a traditional sense business owner is feeling a hurt. Uh, the landlords also are feeling the corresponding hurt. Bummer. What about you, Adam? It's hard not to feel stress right now. Everyone's having to deal with some sort of forbearance. Mm-hmm. And for how long? It's case by case. But, you know, it's a little bit of a pinch, but I guess you could say there's no blood in the street yet. Mm-hmm. So um, they're feeling some pressure right now. Some pressure. In a broad sense, do you feel like the, the commercial real estate and, and even residential real estate landlords were well capitalized enough that they can take these forbearances on for a few months? And if they were, at what point do you feel like we're going to start feeling some, some pressure? How, how well capitalized were they? People love leverage and people have loved leverage for a long time. So smart owners have some reserves. Others may not. So once again, the pressure is going to continue to mount. We'll see what happens. Okay. So Matt, this is a question for you. If I am a landlord, either commercial or residential, and I have a tenant who cannot pay, what are you recommending your clients do in such a situation? Sure, Matt. So communicate, just like any relationship, communicating promptly, clearly, concisely, and with an open ear is essential here. Establish a plan with your tenants in terms of either the reduction of the forbearance. Uh, Again, also convey your expectations that rent is going to be paid. Um, One thing that people on both sides of the lease need to be aware, the the stay-at-home orders, the other things have been put in place in response to COVID, nothing has excused rent. So your underlying lease obligation is still going to remain. But, you know, from that point, just get in front of it, get it in writing, get it down, get expectations clear. Okay. What's the best way to communicate or approach your lender if you are having problems? Is it picking up the phone? Is it, do you want to go legal real quick? Are there some remedies that you want to go to, you might want to take before you you hire an attorney or is, I guess, having legal representation right off the bat something you recommend? Sure. So um, it seems to be a multifaceted approach in terms of who you need to talk to. If you're the landlord who needs to talk to his lender because he hasn't gotten money and therefore he can't pay his carry, the CARES Act has enacted some legislation to also help out landlords. They instituted new forbearance and foreclosure protections for borrowers with federally backed mortgages. So this is real similar to the days of uh, the HAMP and the Making Homes Affordable Act back in 2008, 2009 from Obama. It's kind of similar. It's giving these affected landowners protections from their lenders in terms of the lenders being able to foreclose. So that's the first thing to be aware is the landlord can communicate directly with the lender itself. If it's you know federally backed, then you have an actual federal law that stays it. And also many lenders we're finding with our landlords, if you talk and communicate, there are some in-house programs, even though it might not be federally backed, where they're going to work with you to try to give you a, a lifeline. I like it. Adam, has that really started to happen yet? Have you heard of many, if, if any, property owners who just one month in, they're just getting toasted? 
No, I think Matt hit the nail on the head with his first comment. It's a lot of these people are just having the open conversations. I mean, most of these people, especially with your lender, you would think you have some sort of relationship. And so that's helping give comfort to these landlords, you know, and then being able to have that conversation with tenants and working with them. So far, everything seems to be, you know, Mm -hmm. more positive. Are there certain asset types that are having more struggles than others? Absolutely. Retail seems to be taking the brunt just behind hotel. Uh, Hotels are getting pommeled right now, but retail, especially these local mom and pops, not being able to open their doors, especially if they don't have an online channel, it's it's really starting to hurt them. Uh, Office seems to be doing all right. And the industrial world is somehow just keeps on thriving. All right. So let's say you're a landlord and one of your tenants moves out. Is anybody moving in right now? Yes. Tenant activity is seems to be ex- still existing. In terms of new space, you know, obviously leases come up for renewal all the time, tenants move. So the buy and sale of assets has, has, has stopped and come to a stop, but the leasing still seems to be, you know, relatively you know, active. Okay. Matt, what about your business? Are you still seeing a similar mix of tenant renewals versus tenants who are a challenge or just as many tenants take new space? Well, Matt, my profession generally lags the economy. So I probably won't feel the actual sentiment and the effects of this for a month to three months at least. Presently, the majority of the calls from the landlords have just been for counsel regarding how do we memorialize the deals that have been reached to give their tenants some help. Okay. I like that. You heard that earlier. That was a helicopter flying overhead. In the last episode, we had a a wasp flying around. Uh, this this one we got a helicopter. So uh, it's uh, this new normal is a challenge for all of us. Are there any programs out there for commercial owners? Is uh, you know obviously there's PPP and the CARES Act. Are there any government mandated platforms or or stuff that's outside of that that a commercial owner who's getting into a you know kind of a short squeeze can go and, and, and access capital? Well, Matt, you you have of course your traditional route, which is you know bank financing and lending. You know, our, the the mortgage rates for acquisition have been historically extremely low. In in terms of lending to bridge the gap, I'm unaware of any non traditional means at the banks other than the CARES Act, as you said. The PPP, of course, gives protections to business owners. And then, of course, you have your your non traditional means, your hard money lending, and then also you know you go even larger to some sort of private equity, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And those uh, channels for financing haven't haven't disappeared. How would you go about doing that? Is it typically worth uh, contacting a commercial real estate broker, or there's people who specialize in this? How how would you go about if you were a property owner and you needed access to capital? Where would you go? Are you saying in terms of exiting the property or just exiting the property, or maybe they just need fresh liquidity to overcome their forbearance? You know, depending on your relationship with your lender, I I, I think there's opportunities there. I mean, there's plenty of people that are actively seeking new properties and new acquisitions for their portfolios. So I, mean, I would start there. I think starting with a commercial realtor as well, just having that conversation. I mean, they're constantly in the market talking to to all different groups. You know, the lenders, the the property owners, the managers, you know, the buyers, the sellers. Okay, I like that. Yeah, commercial commercial real estate brokers. We are, if nothing else, always out there. I know two good ones. You know, two good ones. All right. Well. Just like Matt Pecoy's contact information, <laughs> those two good ones will be, uh, their contact information will be in the show notes to this podcast. So a question for both of you. The question is, if, you know, if you're looking to buy commercial real estate right now, what's the best, best path? You know, Adam, you had mentioned that kind of has come to a, a stop or a slowdown right now. 
Matt, I'm sure there's some risks to both of them. So I'll ask both of you to kind of answer it in your own way. If you're looking to buy commercial real estate right now, what, what's the best path? What are the things you should look for opportunistically, Adam? And then, you know, we'll pitch it over to Matt and, you know, things that we need to be concerned with. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime there's there's distress or there's, you know, some downturn in the market, there's going to be opportunities. There's always opportunities. But it's just being smart about it. You know, given that we're unsure of where we're heading, there's uncertainty and so pricing could adjust. I've talked to several people right now. They're hesitant to purchase anything just because they don't know where the market's heading and they don't want to overpay. Um, so I think if anything can just, it's like in any deal, as long as it makes sense and you're able to to take care of your carry and pay your lender and put a little money in your pocket, you know, it's worth looking at. Not a bad time. What are kind of some of the downsides to, or the risks you need to be aware of about buying a property during a pandemic or a situation where, boy, there's a lot of unknown certainties, right? Who wants to catch a falling knife? What are some of the things that a purchaser of property needs to be aware of in this in this environment? Inaccuracies and unknowns and pro formas, I think, is, is probably going to have the biggest impact. Uh, you know, when you're running your numbers for a commercial investment property, I think you need to be aware of the actual terms of that mortgage document. Because I think some unanticipated consequences may happen, and that could lead to exposure on foreclosures, et cetera. So, you know, paying attention to your internal numbers, getting with good commercial realtors such as Adam and Matt here on this show to help that pro forma tighten up, I think would be a good practice to avoid the downside to real estate investment, which is when your numbers don't work and when the uncertainties happen, facing the foreclosure that can follow. Okay. 100%. All right. I like that. So, you know, real estate development is something that is very sensitive to the Charles scenario, we've had a lot of development. Some people love it. Some people think we're growing too fast. And developers are property owners too. What's your take on, on commercial real estate and residential real estate development in, in Charleston? Are we poised to kind of slow down a little bit? Or I think given the fact that you know maybe some of the people in the big northern cities want to come on down here, will it just accelerate? What's your take on you know development in, uh, in the Charleston area? I think people are still going to want to move here. At what rate? Maybe it changes, but people still want to live here. People still want to come of all ages, retire in this area. Now, how does that affect development? I think development's still going to happen, but in terms of pricing and land cost, where's that going to shake out? Obviously, I think cap rates are going to adjust. I'm talking, I'm working with a couple of different multifamily developers right now. Before the pandemic put everything on hold, you know, our conversations now are, you know, we think pricing is going to move on their exit. So that being said, we're not going to be able to pay up as much for the land price. So I think it's, we're going to see pricing adjustments, but because it's been so frothy and so hot for so long, how long is that going to take for the market to adjust? What are some of the the, the challenges that developers are going to have as they continue to kind of, you know, lay new bricks here in, in Charleston with the COVID going on? I'm not quite sure if, uh, you know, your commercial residential developer may face a new landscape or excuse me, if your residential developer will face a new landscape, but those building, especially new office spaces, I think potentially we could have some new federal, state, local zoning, et cetera, protectionary building requirements put into place. I think also what developers may see as a necessary Mia Culper, Olive Branch, to people who are hesitant to move back in is a shift away from these communal open-air office environments. Because I think people are going to begin to start valuing their safety, uh, first and foremost, and also with that social distance and privacy. Now, to what extent can regulators step into that world? You know, we'll have the Constitution balance that out. But I think it's something that developers are going to 
become aware of. I think Matt's right about that. You know, it's it's funny. I feel like we within the last you know 15, 20 years, we really just got to the open air concept. Now mm-hmm. we're gonna go back to the cubicle and yeah. you know the private Shut offices. The, yeah. Shut the door, bolt it, yeah, you know, keep Dwight Schrute out. <laughs> Bonus points for uh, an office reference. I like it. We will start wrapping this one up here. One, you know, one more serious question before we start bringing it home. Is there anything you're advising your clients not to do at any cost right now? Triage is a word that's come out of my mouth a lot lately. And, you know, what that means in terms of how it relates to my clients is my clients need to, for the landlords, they need to, you know, assess the issues to be addressed and assign them degrees of urgency. I use the word triage around my office. That way you, you have a pecking order to establish these new problems that have emerged. Businesses have been negatively impacted um, or worse, even shut down or facing issues from employment law, real estate law, to debt collection law, to even bankruptcy law. And those things could stack up. So triage it. And I use that concept in my own practice and it sometimes creates some sense out of madness. Good. I like that. All right. So one of the questions I ask is what's your vision for Charleston? We asked that in the last episode. One of the things I also do is offer a building Charleston pro tip. If there's one piece of advice that you have to building owners out there right now, what is that? To make their business better, to make it stronger. What's a building Charleston pro tip that you could offer to a a property owner in Charleston right now? I think just given the current environment, kind of to to play off Matt's last comment, I I think it's just to be patient, be calm. Don't do anything rash. It's we're gonna get through this. We we always do. Have those lines of communication open, continue relationships, you know. Once the saying is over, we're going to get, have to get back to life and you don't want to burn any bridges. I like it. It's a good way to end up the show. This has been a really informative piece. Hopefully it, it counteracts well to what we did yesterday with the strategies for businesses. I think the strategies for landlords, landlords are our businesses too, right? And they have different challenges and different opportunities. And to be able to delve into that, hopefully is a uh, value to the people out there who are listening to this who also own commercial real estate or residential real estate. So with that, thank you uh, both of you for coming on the Building Charleston podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're a listener, the goal was to make you, the listener, uh, a better business person as you grow your business here in Charleston. Today, that comes with a lot of different challenges. Myself and Adam over at Lane Commercial Real Estate, we're happy to help you if you're looking to open up a new business here in Charleston, whether you live here or you're moving here from outside the country or outside the city. Furthermore, we have personal relationships with subject matter experts outside of commercial real estate, Matt Picoy being one of them on the legal side. Matt is a wealth of legal knowledge, and our clients absolutely enjoy working with him. As always, our information, both Adam and I and Matt's uh, contact information will be at the bottom of this. If you have a question about real estate or law or anything that's affecting your business and you want to reach out to us, definitely do it. As always, Building Charleston is sponsored by Pop Popcorn. There are Numerous locations where you can get this popcorn. They're going to be in the show notes. Uh, you can look up all those different locations. They all have carry out. Nate and Carmen have been hard at work. They've got, uh, they still have the original, but they have beet, they have matcha, salted lime in honor of Cinco de Mayo. They have lemon pepper. And best of all, they've got a great new website since we last recorded. So you can go out there and you can buy product directly from them. So with that, one last time, thank you to Matt Pecoy from McGrath Law Firm. Thank you to Adam Griffin from Lane Commercial Real Estate. Go out there, everyone. Be safe. Be responsible and make it a great day. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Lowcountry's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. 
If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E dot com.